Welcome to this podcast from St. Mary's, the University Church. While public worship will not be offered in church for the foreseeable future, we hope that this podcast will provide you with some spiritual resources over the coming days. University sermons have been preached at St. Mary's since the end of the 13th century. Each year, preachers from a variety of different traditions are invited by the Vice-Chancellor to deliver sermons before the University of Oxford. This term, in response to the pandemic, the University Council has given permission for these sermons to be delivered as podcasts. University sermons provide an opportunity to hear thinkers from a range of disciplines and perspectives, drawing together the life of learning, spiritual discovery and the quest for truth. This week we will listen to the Commemoration Day sermon, when the University remembers the generosity of its benefactors, and we welcome a close friend and neighbour of St Mary's, Father Peter Groves, who is the Vicar of the Church of St Mary Magdalene and a Senior Research Fellow at Worcester College. Let us pray. Almighty God, who through your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, have overcome death and opened to us the gate of everlasting life, grant that as by your grace going before us, you put into our minds good desires, so by your continual help we may bring them to good effect through Jesus Christ, our risen Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen.
A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. John. Jesus said to his disciples, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, so that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my Father also. From now on you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you all this time, Philip? and you still do not know me. Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. But if you do not, then believe me because of the works themselves. Very truly I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do and in fact will do greater works than these, because I am going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. Thanks be to God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The formal title of this sermon invites us to reflect upon the commemoration of our benefactors within the University of Oxford. The active engagement of memory is one of the strengths of the Christian tradition, a strength it clearly owes to its Jewish forebears and to the Hebrew Bible, as well as to the sacramental commemoration of the life of Christ. As a wise person once said, history tells us what happened, memory tells us who we are. In straitened times such as these, however, our collective memory and our individual rememberings are undoubtedly challenged. For many of us, the active remembrance of things past, has become something of a short-term endeavour, as we look back not very far to the way things used to be, probably with a longing that they may be so again. Giving thanks for those who have given to us, and for the good fortune we enjoy thanks to our predecessors, is perhaps not as high up our list as it might normally be. Of course, the commemoration of the end of the Second World War in Europe 
which we mark this weekend, is itself a commemoration of our benefactors, of those who in the past have given of themselves to the benefit of the present. But this particular present is an uncomfortable one, and counting our blessings is more difficult to do than we would like. In our Gospel reading, Jesus tells his disciples not to let their hearts be troubled. Instead, they should believe or trust in him and in the Father. There are many rooms in my Father's house, he assures them, and among these dwellings there will be a place for them which he will prepare before returning to take them with him. This seems to us strange language. The challenge of obeying the command to trust is shown to us immediately in the questions which the disciples ask. We don't know where you are going, Thomas says, so how can we know the way? There is a hint of exasperation in this question. It has the ring of, what on earth are you on about? There is nothing unreasonable in this objection. Indeed, in chapter 16, the disciples will say to Jesus, now you are speaking plainly, presumably implying that he has been speaking far from plainly up until then. Jesus answers Thomas robustly, I am the way, the truth and the life. The life which is on offer to the disciples, the dwelling in the Father's house which is theirs to expect, is available through, with and because of Jesus. There is no other route the gospel says. St Augustine expands on these words, explaining that what it means to have life is to come to the truth and to do so by means of the way. The union with God, with the ultimate truth, is ours by virtue of Christ and the new life into which we are baptised. That new life is the basis of the Eastertide season in which we now find ourselves. But this is not a simple matter of being thankful for the resurrection of Jesus, as if no difficulties remain. The Gospel narratives are clear that the risen Christ does not stand around waiting to be applauded. He moves on and he invites others to follow. The life of Easter is a life of doing, not of standing still. Augustine's gloss on the words of Jesus in our Gospel centres upon a Trinitarian understanding of our Easter life. We are drawn to the truth, that is, to the ultimacy of the Godhead, by the way which is opened to us in the life, death and resurrection of the Son, 
and on the journey of life which is breathed into us by the Spirit, who is the Lord, the giver of life. It is no accident that after describing himself as the way, the truth and the life, Jesus will say that he who has seen me has seen the Father. And do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? These verses, so central to the Christian doctrine of the Trinity, reveal to us the dynamic unity of the divine life into which we are drawn, the life where what it means to be divine is to be given perfectly to another in love. Do not let your hearts be troubled. To trust in God and in the gift of the resurrection is not a matter of gambling with our souls, nor of presuming to think that we are particularly special. It is rather the conscious acknowledgement of the life of God at work in our lives and in our world. It is to place ourselves within that life as the basis of all that we think or know or do. It is, as so often with the life of faith, a matter of letting God be God of letting go of our self-concern and our anxieties for proof or security or wealth and discovering that all these things are given to us in the life of God's people, in the living as the body of Christ, which is ours in our day-to-day -day existence. While that existence is continued in our current locked down exile, the essential character of relationships and of the possibilities of human fellowship are as painfully lacking as anything in our lives, perhaps. And yet, the gospel invites us to enact and enable those lives first and foremost by relationship. It invites us to acknowledge our dependence on the God who is nothing other than love given and received. That most basic of relationships, owing our lives to the grace of God, is then itself the basis for what it means to be human, to live in relationship with others and to know ourselves not to be alone in spite of any appearance to the contrary. Do not let your hearts be troubled, says Jesus. This is a hard saying, at present as hard as can be. But the self-giving love which overcomes death itself remains as real as the God who lives it. The God whose gift of that love to us is the greatest of all benefactions. In the name of the Father and of the Son 
and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Commemoration Day sermon is accompanied by a special bidding prayer. We're invited to pray for the church and for the world, and to remember those who have given generously to the university and its colleges to support learning and research. But today we also continue to hold in our thoughts and prayers all those affected by the current pandemic. And we pray in particular for all those engaged in medical research in this university and across the world especially those seeking to find a vaccine and treatment for the coronavirus. These prayers are led by Stephen Maughan from Worcester College, 
and Annie Calderbank from Oriel College, both members of the congregation at the University Church. Let us pray for Christ's holy Catholic Church, that is, for the whole congregation of Christian people dispersed throughout the whole world, and especially for the Church of England. And herein, for the Queen's Most Excellent Majesty, our Sovereign Lady Elizabeth II, by the grace of God, of the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland, and of her other realms and territories, Queen, Head of the Commonwealth, Defender of the Faith, and also for Prince Philip, Duke of Edinburgh, Charles, Prince of Wales, and all the royal family. Let us also pray for the ministers of God's holy word and sacraments, as well archbishops and bishops, as other pastors and curates, for the Queen's most honourable council, for the High Court of Parliament, and for all the nobility and magistrates of this realm, that all and every of these, in their several callings, may serve truly and diligently to the glory of God and the edifying and well-governing of his people, remembering the account that they must make. Also, let us pray for the whole commons of the realm, that they may live in true faith and fear of God, in dutiful obedience to the Queen, and in brotherly charity to one another, and that there may never be wanting a succession of persons duly qualified for the service of God in church and state. Let us implore his especial blessing on all places of religious and useful learning, particularly on our universities, and here in Oxford for the Right Honourable Lord Patton of Barnes, our Chancellor, for the Vice-Chancellor, for the Doctors, the Proctors, and all the heads of colleges and halls with their respective societies. More particularly, we pray for the good estate of Worcester College, that here and in all places specifically set apart for God's honour and service, true religion and sound learning may forever flourish and bound. To these our prayers, let us add unfeigned praises for mercies already received, for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, particularly for the advantages afforded in this place by the munificence of founders and benefactors, such as were Cardinal Henry Beaufort, Bishop of Winchester, Thomas Second Earl Brassey, Henry Wilde, Arturo Serena, Walter Gordon, Kenneth Graham, Francis Llewellyn and Nora Griffith, Alice Mary May, John Beeston Lockie, Raymond William and Hope Fennell, Gaspard Oliver Farrer, Sir John Rees and Olwyn his daughter, Henry Norman, and Nellie Maud Emma Spaulding, Jacob Patrick Ronaldson Lyle, William Richard Morris, Viscount Nuffield, Charles Watson Boys, Henry Lord Sanderson, Rudolph and Anne Light, Emma Frederica Isabella Dunstan, and Rene Hugo Thalman, eminent benefactors to this university. But above all, let us praise God for his inestimable love in the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. Finally, let us praise God for all those who are departed out of this life in the faith of Christ and pray that we may have grace to direct our lives after their good example, that, this life ended, we may be made partakers with them of the glorious resurrection in the life everlasting. 
through Jesus Christ, our blessed Lord and Saviour. Let us pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive them that trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. God the Father, by whose glory Christ was raised from the dead, strengthen you to walk with him in his risen life. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, be upon you and remain with you always. Amen. Thank you.